Kellen. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the weekend. We've had a cracking week of sport. This is going to be a belter. Red Bull's Max Verstappen has snatched his first Formula One title. He beat Lewis Hamilton on the last lap of a thrilling season finale in Abu Dhabi, but then had to wait while the Mercedes team had two protests against the result, but they were rejected by stewards. Hamilton had appeared in control of the race and on course for the title himself, despite controversy on the first lap until a late safety car. The race was restarted with one lap to go, with Verstappen on fresh tyres and Hamilton on old ones. The Dutchman swept by to win. The victor screamed with delight and Red Bull celebrated, while Hamilton sat in his Mercedes for several minutes, disbelieving at the way events had turned against him in the final minutes. After he stepped off the podium as champion, Verstappen's celebrations were interrupted by Mercedes' protests. He then had to wait more than four hours until they could resume. It was, in so many ways, a fitting end to one of the greatest and most contentious seasons in Formula One history. And the arguments over right and wrong will rage for some time to come. Tom Brady brought up two more milestones in style as he threw a dramatic winning touchdown pass in overtime to beat the Buffalo Bills 33-27 in a pulsating game in Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers were cruising at 24-3, but Josh Allen led the Bills on a remarkable comeback to force overtime. And then they went ahead in the extra period with a field goal. That gave Brady a chance to respond, though in typical style, the 44-year-old won the game with a 58-yard touchdown pass. It also just happened to be Brady's 700th touchdown throw. He's the first player to ever reach that landmark. Brady also went ahead of Drew Brees for the most pass completions in NFL history as he moved to 7,156, adding to the many records he already holds for all-time passing yards and touchdown passes. UFC 269 will be remembered for one of the biggest upsets in MMA history. Did anyone believe Penna when she said she would beat Amanda Nunes? She's made a lot of people eat their words right now, including someone who bet 300,000 US dollars on the Lioness to win. This was arguably the biggest upset in UFC history. Matt Serra beating George St. Pierre was shocking, as was Holly Holm knocking out Ronda Rousey. But this did feel a little different. Nunes has been one of the most dominant champions in MMA history. She's beaten everyone and made it look easy. Penna stuck to a game plan, utilizing the jab, and got a finish via rear naked choke. Nobody will ever doubt you again, Juliana. Alright, if you're a regular listener of the show, you'll know that I talk about F1 a lot in my roundups as well as in my hottest ticket of the week segment. Well, it seemed very fitting that I spoke to one particular person this week, given the weekend's finale in Abu Dhabi. Matthew Marsh is a former racing driver who represented Hong Kong internationally for many years and is now a presenter of F1 shows on TV and social media. He's also the only guest I've ever spoken to twice, so it's a delight to have him here once again. Matthew, how are you? Very well, and, and what a pleasure to have a second bite at the cherry. So yeah, we're very happy to have you here, and um, I'm excited to get into it. Uh, but before we do get into F1 and Matthew Marsh, we'd like to strap in for some quick-fire questions with our guests to feel them out. You didn't do this last time. It is a newer segment of the show. Pressure zone. It is. NASCAR or MotoGP? NASCAR. Lewis or Max? Lewis. 
Singing or dancing? Mm, can you do one or the other? Singing. Ferrari or McLaren? McLaren. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Lando or Ricardo? Weirdo, come on. <laughs> you would get a lot of cats. Yeah, well. Lando or Ricardo? Ah, oh, tough. Lando. Toto Wolf or Christian Horner? Toto. Pizza or pasta? Mmm, depends where, of course, right? But I'm going to go with pizza. And favourite driver of all time? Can't choose myself, presumably. No, I'm teasing. Well. No, 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 no. no. Up to you. Uh... <laughs> quick, quick fire's completely gone. <laughs> I don't know, probably Lewis, actually, which is terrible because I try not to be... Whatever. Yeah. Gosh. Did I just say that? You did. Okay. Answer's final. <laughs> All right, Matthew, can you give the listeners some context on who you are, what you've done, and what you do now? So I'm Matthew Marsh, and I've been living in Hong Kong for 30 years, which is the critical part of the context of my life, if you like. All the opportunities and everything come from that. You look well for your age. I thank you, yeah. I'm a bit older than 30, but... I guess that. I appreciate also the sentiment there and uh, Formula motorsport has been my life as well and uh, Formula One of course is critical to that and I raced for some years and was very fortunate to have the opportunity to do that and to have some success and I learned a lot about the sport through being a competitor and I've also been a TV presenter commentator whatever it is since I don't know 1993 Macau Grand Prix I think probably the first thing I did live and for many years one of the F1 presenters on ESPN and it became Fox Sports Asia. And today, I 90% of my time is working on the commercial side of motorsport, bringing sponsors into the sport, helping brands choose where to go and what to do. And then the other 10%-ish is spent presenting F1 programming, which these days is online. Uh, I have a show called Go F1, which is on, uh, particularly on Twitter, but also Facebook and YouTube. Matthew Marsh HK is my handle. And um, we created that after Fox Sports Asia closed down. To fill the void, really, for fans in Asia. But actually, it's, of course, got a global reach, and it's yep. been been fascinating. How have you enjoyed that journey of creating it yourself versus being associated with someone like Fox? Well, um, first of all, overwhelmingly positive, because, as much, uh, first of all, I learned a lot. And one of the things was, oh, my Lord, how much work there is involved in producing a show rather than just turning up and trying to look pretty and say a few smart, smart comments. When you're hosting the show yourself, but also working with the producer, I have a you know freelance producer and director helping me with it. The amount of people that jumped in to help, you know, Alex Young in particular, who was my, you know my co-guest, if you like, on the Fox shows, immediately said, "I'm there, mate. Let's do this. Let's you know." Awesome. Has been with me almost all of the shows. Really put a lot of time in. Appreciate it. And then other friends from the sport, you know, people like Will Buxton, who's the face of F1. Immediately retweeting Zach Brown, who I used to work for, but he's now the boss of McLaren, retweeting Jenny Gow from the BBC, Chris Medlin, the independent journalist, ex-drivers like Danny Sullivan, Stefan Johansson, uh, Jack Aitken, an F1 test driver, who just, yeah, I'll come on the show, and gave up a lot of time to help us make the show what it is, which is you know actually unusual, if not unique. And that's why the audience has grown quite rapidly, and we get a lot of interaction with the fans. Very good. Good man. All right, well, let's go straight to the end of the F1 season given it's hot off the press what it was your take on Sunday's finale as a whole and then we can dig in a little deeper after that it was one of the most watched uh, talked about uh, sporting events in history yeah even before it yeah absolutely you know even before it ended 
and I think uh, mostly positive um, until the end. So the crux of the matter is that five laps to go, Lewis Hamilton's leading the Grand Prix by 15 or so seconds from Max Verstappen. There's a crash and the track needs to be neutralised. And the race director has essentially two ways of doing that. The common way is to bring out the safety car and the field bunches up, and then when the track is safe to, to restart the race, he can do so. And the other way, which we've seen in the last couple of years, is to red flag the race, stop, everybody comes to a halt in the pit lane, and then they'll restart the race, essentially as a fresh race. People can repair damage, put on fresh tyres, and they start again from the grid as if it was a, just a short... Even playing field. Even playing field, and that's happened. It happened at Baku earlier in the year. We had a one-lap race to the finish. It was dramatic. Nobody complained about it because those are clearly the regulations. But the race director went with the safety car route, which is also commonly used, and, and no questions there. The procedure, as it was written, and also the precedent shows this is how people have understood it to be used, is that they clear the track up, first of all, and then the race director can, at his discretion, choose to remove, if you like, the cars that aren't really in the race out of the way. So cars that are lapped down, and there were five of them between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. And then there were three other cars that were lapped, and so typically the race director would say, right, lap cars, now you can overtake, and basically you get a chance to catch back up your lap. Just to get them out of the way so the people racing for position can now race without interruption. And he had initially announced that won't happen because he was trying to get the race to end with a green flag rather than the yellow wave, you know, safety car situation. Yeah, that understood. was the problem. That was the mistake, I think, was he was trying to get to a green flag finish so it looked good on television, I feel. And there wasn't enough time, actually, to do the full procedure. So basically, what the teams believed, I think, and the reason Mercedes are so upset now is that they, they looked at the situation and they said, well, there's no time to do all of the above. They'll either have to restart the race with those five lap cars in between us and Max, in which case we're going to be okay, or they will clear the cars out of the way, but then the race won't restart. You can't do both. Yeah. What happened was the race director then decided he would have a go at a kind of hybrid model, which no one's ever seen before, which is release those five cars between Max and Lewis, but not the other three, and then also then immediately restart the race rather than one lap later, which the regulations in black and white say is supposed to be the procedure. Now, why this is important is that the Mercedes team and all the teams have these armies of people and computers that work out every possible scenario and how they should react to it. They do this in cold air-conditioned room days before the competition. So they, they would have known lap 54, safety car, this is the... Even though Lewis was on tyres that were 40 laps old and the hard tyres versus Max, who immediately pitted and put soft tyres on, because nothing to lose. Yeah. They were, no, we're okay, we've got this. And if they, by the way, if they had stopped Lewis Hamilton at that point for tyres, then Max Verstappen would have stayed out and he would have had track position and he would, by the way, the scenario was supposed to work out. He would have won he would the have won. championship. Exactly. So everybody did everything right, including Red Bull stopping and putting the soft tyres on because if you never know that eventuality of something bizarre happening. And it did. And it did. And the reason that this is a problem is that the race director created this unique in my experience situation that there is no precedent for doing these things now if he had gone with well the safety car's out and i followed the regulations and we came to the end of the race and it was under safety car it would have been oh well what a shame but no one could criticize anybody and everybody would have gone home satisfied that okay came to the end it came to because and if he'd gone with the red flag situation mercedes would have been annoyed because they would have said we had a 15 second lead and now you've 
completely thrown that away for us, but he would have pointed to the rules and said, we've done this before, we did it just a few months ago, stop moaning. But he didn't. And what actually, after 24 hours or so of reflection, worries me is that here is an individual whose job is to be race director and make decisions, and he's under pressure from all sorts of different parties, not only the two competitors, Mercedes and Red Bull, who, by the way, are shouting at him on the radio, which is completely unacceptable and has to be stopped, but also probably from the sport. Let's try and get a, you know, Michael, whatever you do, let's try and get a green flag finish, probably, and others. He's a guy who's been on the road, I believe, for nine months of this year at least. He's an Australian, lives, away, lives in a suitcase, as I understand it, with a small team of people. They don't have an army of people with computers to work at every situation. No, he's, he's using his brain. He's using his brain under enormous pressure, made a mistake. I don't think there's any doubt he made a mistake. I, what I'm saying here is he's a human who made a mistake. When Lewis Hamilton makes a mistake or Max Verstappen makes a mistake, we say, well, that's what, that's what happens. In this case, the world is turning the spotlight on, on this individual, the race director, and I think it's really unfair. Thank you, Matthew. We look forward to hearing more from you next week. Hong Kong, are you ready? This is the hottest ticket in the world right now. It has been coined as one of the most influential games left this season. There are ramifications for many parts of the league depending on which way it goes. My hottest ticket in the world this week is the New England Patriots and the Indianapolis Colts. Have a great weekend all, and I'll see you for your sports fix next week. Thank you, Ben. Join him every Friday for your detailed sports fix.